This is one of those daily challenges in the life of a professional copywriter. So I had a subscriber ask me about how to format documents that get sent to clients. Like what, what level of design or layout do you put into those documents? And it seems simple enough, but I definitely understand this can, it can feel like a challenge. And one of the big things about it that makes it feel more challenging than maybe just the specific answer to the question is uh, the amount of confidence that you have when you are delivering it to them and the desire that we have to look like a professional, to look like somebody who's who's giving the client what they paid for. And so that, that question of, are you going to feel like a professional copywriter when you send this document to them based on how it's formatted, it can, it can make this question a little bit more uh, like the answer to the question more based in emotions than some like practical how much formatting needs to take place. So we'll, we'll dive into some of the various options that you have here in today's episode. These are the proven direct response marketing, copywriting, and entrepreneurship success strategies you can use today to write your own ticket and create the life you want. I am Roy Furr, and this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Now, here's today's breakthrough. All right, so before we get into formatting documents before, <laughs> to send to clients, I want to share with you a resource that's going to help you get paid as a copywriter, help you become a full-time success as a copywriter. That's my book, The Copywriter's Guide to Getting Paid. It's the first link in the description with this episode. And this book, it, it focuses, it's it's actually a fairly short book, but it's, it's value-packed and it focuses on the foundation, the fundamentals that you need to succeed as a copywriter with your copywriting skills, the foundations that you need to make a good living with these skills. So check that out. The link is in the description, Copywriter's Guide to Getting Paid. It's super affordable and people have launched their entire careers with the advice in that book. Man, what a ROI for that. All right. So before we talk about the like nitty gritty details of formatting documents that you send to clients as a professional copywriter, I want to talk about your role as a copywriter, your role as a copywriter. So as much as possible, you will be successful when you take charge of your own success of your campaign. And so if you are in charge of your success, if you are in charge of your marketing campaigns that you are the copywriter for, well, you need to make decisions from that perspective. And making decisions from that perspective, uh, it is, it's something that requires you to take on this role of being the expert. Okay, so, so you know, you come to this job, you come to this project saying, I am the expert on messaging and creating the results that you desire, Mr. or Mrs. Client, right? Uh, I will help you achieve the results. And so what I hand you is designed to get you the results that we talked about as we were agreeing on doing this project. And so this comes from a place that will establish positioning as, a, as an authority on creating that result. It will establish positioning as a professional, it will add to your value as a service provider. And so if you say, like, I create the marketing that gets the results, right? 
um, you are essentially offering to solve that problem. You're saying, okay, you need results, I get you results, right? And so what you hand to them, it needs to come from this place of authority, from this place of expertise, from this place where you are positioned as the person who will help them get the results. And so your role as the copywriter is to focus on those results that you promised. And that does involve having some level of intention for every element of what you deliver. Intention for every element of what you deliver. But being the devil's advocate here, are you the copywriter slash marketing strategist, right? Uh, or are you the designer? Are you the design? Are you the layout person? Are you? Are you? So let, let's let's do this by doing like the case for full and fancy formatting, like the case for for making your documents super nice and well formatted and all of that. And let's go to the other side and we'll do the case for minimal formatting as well. So let's start with this case for full and fancy formatting. So if you if you sit down as the copywriter before you deliver the document to the client and you make sure that you have everything formatted as well as possible, as consistent as possible with what you want it to be in the end, what you're doing, number one, is you are communicating your intentions. You're taking responsibility for what that final project or final product is going to look like and you are communicating your intentions around that. And when you do that, you can give the client a great impression of you, of your skill, of your services. Um, and it also feels good. It feels good to look at things that are, you know, well-designed, well-thought-out, well-laid-out, right? And it looks professional. And so from all of those perspectives, it might make sense to have this full and fancy formatting because when you hand that to the client and they see it, they're gonna, they're gonna have this positive reaction of, oh, this is, uh, okay, I, I can envision. Like you are taking responsibility for them being able to envision the final product in that, right? Um, and so that can be important and that can create good feelings that make the client want to work with you again. Uh, especially if your design is consistent with getting results. Like, uh, you know, if you're, if you're designing in a way that's not necessarily going to get results, eh, that's another question. But if your design is consistent with supporting your selling message and all of that is in service of getting the results for the clients, awesome, cool. Another thing that supports this idea of full and fancy formatting the terms that I used, um, is that if it's part of your workflow, then heck yes, you want to be doing this, right? If it's part of your workflow, if you're visual or design oriented, if for you, the finished product is the whole package and not just the words, then wow, like, yes, this is definitely like, uh, when I sit down to write copy and I'm skipping a little bit ahead because I am going to talk about what I've done here. But when I sit down to write copy and I have an idea of like, okay, there needs to be this graph here. It's really hard for me to move forward until that graph is in the document or that visual whatever is in the document. It's really hard for me to write unless I know what the layout's going to be, unless I'm controlling for that layout. And so if it's part of your workflow, uh, then you absolutely 
would benefit from embracing that, right? Embracing how you work best by incorporating some of the visuals and designs as you go. So really like this idea of communicating your intentions and having this great impression and embracing it if it is part of your workflow, all of those things support doing more full and fancy formatting. Now, I want to go completely to the other side of this, like minimal formatting. I mean, like your headlines and subheads are still the same size text, but maybe you centered them. Um, your copy is is just written there, right? Like this is minimal, bare minimal formatting. Um, what I will say is there's not really a strong case for this level of minimal formatting. So I'm going to say this before I go into the justifications. The only copywriters that I've seen doing basically no formatting, like I just described, are copywriters that grew up with typewriters and legal pads. They basically wrote their copy, like they started writing copy that way, and they never really got into like what we'll call desktop publishing. That was the term in the 90s, desktop publishing. Um, and, and, and what's happened with this desktop publishing and its derivatives, right, is that it's created somewhat higher expectations. And so, you know, you can, you can have whatever fonts you want and you can format your headlines about like you would expect them to appear. You can format your copy. You can create layouts. Um, in various programs and you can make it fit within the layouts. There is definitely some imperfection in the way that different, different programs handle layouts, especially if you are trying to, um, trying to format or design for the web. I am not happy with any of the web formatting options for uh, any kind of word processor, but still, you can do your best. Um, and you can you can rise to those higher expectations that come from desktop publishing and what's possible. But still, let me let me make the case for minimal formatting. If you are the copywriter and you focus on messaging and you are all about messaging, it is worth remind reminding you and remembering that you are not the designer. <laughs> and maybe you even suck at design. Maybe your design is going to look terrible. Maybe you just don't have an eye for design. Um, then you might want to focus on this minimal formatting. If you embrace this copywriter-only role where my job is to give you the message and then you can hand it off to somebody who's in charge of formatting and, and design, okay, if you embrace that role and that's all you're selling to clients, then okay, that's the, that's the role that you have, right? Um, the other the other thing, and this is maybe something um, that applies regardless of your design capability, excessive time that you spend on design and layout and formatting and all of that, it does take away from the highest and best use of your time. If you are a very good copywriter and you spend, you know, if you could expand this whole use of your time on design, because you're not great at it, so that you really get the design up to a level where you are happy with it, maybe that's 80% of your total project work, right? And the writing itself is 20% of your total project work, but that design is only responsible for 20% of your results. So, you know, using 80-20, right? Maybe for you, it's um, it's it's a different ratio, right? Um, but if I'm going to sit down and I'm going to try and create the final design for something, it's going to take me a ton of time compared to uh, 
uh, compared to me communicating my vision, communicating my intention for design. And I could waste a whole bunch of time that the client could, um, could hire somebody who is better at it than me for cheaper than me. And, um, and so for you, if like your thousand dollar per hour work using the term from Perry Marshall's 80, 20 sales and marketing, if your thousand dollar per hour work is copywriting, but you're spending all this time on design, well, you're probably misallocating your time, um, in, in that case. So yeah. Okay. So uh, maybe, maybe there's a sweet spot. Maybe there's something in the middle. So we talked about like the case for full and, and, and fancy design and formatting. We talked about the case for minimal formatting and design. So here's my recommendation in my practice on formatting docs to send to clients. Basically, my biggest recommendation is to set expectations with the client and fulfill on them. So if you set the expectation that you are a designer in addition to copywriting, if you set the expectation that you are going to create their whole funnel for them, that you're going to build their website for them, that you're going to, you know, format their postcard for the printer, if you, whatever expectations you're talking about setting here, right? Um, whatever expectations you set, you need to be ready to fulfill on. So if your focus is, I will write the content of the emails, and I will tell you when to send them, but you need to make sure that they fit within whatever formatting you desire and get them loaded up into your email service provider. Well, then just focus on writing really good content of emails. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is to make sure that you're fulfilling the expectations that you set. In general, as a copywriter, my recommendation would be that you should not be the designer. Um, understanding design principles and all of that is great. And knowing how design can work with copy is great. In fact, uh, my old friend, Lori Haller is going to be a guest on Breakthrough Marketing Secrets soon. I have an interview coming up with her and we'll talk about what copywriters need to know about design today, right? And how to, how to get better response to your marketing with great design. But that said, I'm not going to tell you if copywriting is your highest value skill set, I'm not going to tell you that you should become a designer. I'm going to tell you that you should figure out how to work with designers to communicate your vision. And in line with all of this, you need to take charge of what really impacts results. So there are aspects of design that are major contributors to the final results generated by a marketing campaign. In general, design is way less important than the message that's communicated about the offer, about the product, the service, right? And so you need to focus on that message and then you figure out how design can contribute to the message, how design can reinforce the message, how design can add to that message, how design can communicate that message visually when uh, the text is communicating it through text, right? And if you do have a vision, make sure that you communicate that clearly. Uh, so some examples of this would be basic layout. They would be choice of visuals. They would be, you know, all sorts of things, right? But it's, it's about making sure that if you have a vision for what this needs to look like, that you are able to communicate that clearly. Uh, so an example, a few years back, I worked with Lori Haller and we were working on a 
uh, we were working on a Magalog. And one of the things that I did is I looked at uh, recent Magalogs that she designed and I just went into Word and I created the layouts in Microsoft Word for the Magalog. And what that allowed me to do was to write to the space that I was given. And, um, and so I created, I mean, it was an ugly, like terrible uh, layout in terms of final printing, but it allowed me to create the space. And then when I handed, off to, handed it off to Lori, she was easily able to say, oh yeah, I see where this is going and I will make it look good, right? Um, and from there, we were able to very easily produce the Magalog. Another thing that happened during that project, it was a financial product and we were going to be talking about inflation. And one of the things that I was using as justification for inflation um, was that the package size of various package goods has decreased in order to keep the price the same while reducing input costs. And that's a form of inflation that maybe you're not paying more per package at the store, but you are paying, um, but, but you're paying the same amount for less stuff. And that's, again, it's a type of inflation. So what I did is I actually went to the store and I thought that I'd seen these. So I went to the store and uh, this is an example of taking charge of, you know, what the vision is and making sure that's communicated clearly. I went to the store and I actually found a 24 pack and a 20 pack of Coca-Cola. And I dragged them out to the middle of the aisle at the grocery store and I took a picture with my cell phone and uh, we ended up editing that slightly so it just looked a little bit nicer and fit into the space on the page. But we ended up using that picture in the Magalog showing a 24 pack and a 20 pack that was a great way of adding to the communication of the message with visuals. And in that case, like I took charge of what that picture needed to be to the point where I went to the store and I took the picture, right? Uh, or I'll go and I'll look at stock photos and I'll say, this is generally what I'm looking for, or I think you should buy this stock photo or whatever. So all of that is acknowledging that I'm not a great designer, but I can do things to communicate the visual that fits. Also things like I'm a stickler for line breaks on subheadlines and headlines. I'm a stickler for uh, making sure at least the general size of the headlines is, is appropriate for what I'm looking for. I'm a stickler for formatting bold and italics and things like that, right? And so I am very intentional in communicating all of that so that when I hand it off, the designer is going to make it look better but the designer has a great idea of what I'm looking for. And I'll put notes in the margins, et cetera, or I guess, you know, comments, whatever in the Word doc. Um, the big thing though is in general, I would say no matter what level of design or layout you're looking to put into your documents that you're sending to clients, don't be sloppy. Be intentional. Uh, be fairly clean about it. Be... Uh, be careful that your document does not come across as just a mess, right? And, you know, basic things like doing spell check and stuff are also helpful, right? Uh, but that's not the topic of today's episode. Uh, but don't be sloppy with the design and layout, even if you are going to not going to do much in terms of design and layout. Just make sure that what you deliver is fairly clean um, and communicates your intention for what it needs to be. And I would say like one of the big things here 
Uh, and this ties back to this idea that you could spend 80% of your time on design and layout if your real strength is copywriting. You need to know when you have reached the good enough spot. And this is a concept I learned from Dan Kennedy. You could spend, um, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna spend a good chunk of time getting something to 95 to 98% as good as it could be, right? Uh, let's, say, let's say you have a project that it takes you 40 hours to get to, uh, let's say 97%. Let's just go with the number in the middle there. 40 hours to get to 97%. That final 3% could take you another 40 hours. And that final 3% could be in design and layout and like making that stuff really shine, right? Is it worth that additional 40 hours doubling your time on the project in order to get that to that extra 3%, especially when in many cases you're handing it off to the client and their designer may grab onto it and take it, you know, may change things from what you spent that extra 40 hours on, right? So you have to know when to find the good enough spot and focus on where you are providing unique value to the client, uh, including in the context of design and things like that. All right, and I think that's the good enough spot for this episode. Don't forget there's a link to the Copywriter's Guide to Getting Paid, which focuses on the small things that you can do in your copywriting career and business to ensure that you have maximum success. It's a book, it's instant download, it is super cheap and super high ROI if it leads to even one project that's more successful for you as a copywriter. I'm Roy Fur. this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Don't forget to like and subscribe. If you're a copywriter, a marketer, direct response marketer, entrepreneur, if you're in these fields and you want more content like this, don't forget to like and subscribe. And every day and every episode, I'm here trying to help you increase your marketing genius and hey, you know, delivering that professional product, but also focusing on your greatest strengths and abilities. That's a marketing genius move. <laughs> so I'll catch you again in your next episode. See you soon. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.